Welcome to Pank Stars. Today in the studio we have Melanie Darling. She was born on October 5th, making her a goddamn Libra. Fuck yeah, Libra. With us we've got the uh, our host, meditation teacher, sound healer, Sag. I don't want to say bitch, but... I, I was going to say bitch in my mind. Sag like, bitch. I was waiting for it. Sag bitch. Shaw pang. Hey, Shaw pang. What's up? What's going on? It, it's me versus two Libras, but there's no such thing as versus, really. I love a Libra. Everything is everything. Libras are beautiful, harmonious, love aesthetics. But the cool thing that I'm seeing here, actually, is you have a Mercury in Libra. You can pick the mic up if you feel warm. Um, yeah. um, Just, like, hold it in my yeah, arms. You can take it out of the stand. Um, <laughs> It's duct taped together with a trashy camo duct tape. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> As you said, I'm into aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, aesthetic. But I love that you have this is this is really really good. And like we just had an Aquarius. I love an Aquarian original pink star. Shara Ashby, <laughs> shout out. Um, oh. Libra Sun with an Aquarius Moon and an Aquarius Rising. I yes. love it. You watery bitch. (laughs) I know. I'm so watery. And I I have always. It's actually air. That's like three air. Oh, three air. Yes. Yeah. Aquarius is the water bearer, but it is an air sign. Yeah. That is. Yeah. I love You you threw me off. That's what I meant to say (laughs) is that I always used to be like, okay, I pretty much identify with Libra, but not in the sense of like, oh, Mm. I'm shallow and just want to party all the time. (laughs) And then when I found out about. Oh, I'm double Aquarius in this in these mm-hmm. other ways. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's all my like artsy, introverted, okay. like head in the clouds kind of like, ooh, I'm I don't, yeah, I'm not, I don't always feel like I identify with human people. So I that's think that gets so in the way of my partying. <laughs> that is so Aquarius. But the thing that I love about Aquarius is that like how detached you are from your emotions. Can you kind of explain that? Like. W- do you like is it like you you watch yourself like you just don't have feelings you're looking at things from a remove like what is that because I'm very much a woman of the people I'm deep in my emotions and I'm an emotional person who will follow like I'll go with it and I like I don't hold back with my emotions like I'll just go with the feeling yeah I feel that I'm deeply I'm very emotional Mm -hmm. and sometimes it comes out in very unattractive ways (laughs) when I can't control it but I did I do have this quality that I've started to have more and more as I get older where I'm able mm-hmm. to be like okay I have some free time later today to feel what I need to feel about that so I'm just gonna like put it on pause for now and I can kind of like c- I guess it's com- compartmentalizing I guess it's going like is this the appropriate place to feel this emotion Ooh. no then I'm gonna so and you like deferring feelings yeah like it. Yeah, like saving them, saving them for later, which is nice because when I'm in my feelings or in my brainstem, as Brene Brown would say, yes, I can just like start talking about something like uh, when we first moved to Toronto, me and my partner, we'd Mm -hmm. be like on the subway and I'd be like, you know, earlier when you said that it really hurt my feeling. And then I'm like, we're on a noisy subway like this isn't 
this is hardly the time. So I prefer being in like the, my detached Aquarius, Ooh. like like a spank bank, but for feelings. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Oh, I'm gonna later. feel that later. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to have a good fucking sob over this. Damn, and and you know your Mercury's in Libra, so like you, that makes sense that you're like considering and weighing the options of is this a good time for me to speak or not? Because Libra is always weighing the options and Mercury and is how people who are close to communicate. you communicate. Mercury is the planet of communication. And just an interesting thing. I I mean, your north node is in Taurus. And the north node kind of shares like your ascendant soul path. So like your future you or the more mature, highly evolved version of you. So that could also be a Taurus thing. Like like you're being grounded. You're like, oh, is this the appropriate time for me to feel this? Like, I don't know that much about Taurus other than they're ruled by Venus and they love luxury. I believe that Libra is also ruled by Venus planet of beauty yes. and love. I like to associate myself with Taurus. <laughs> you don't? You have, no. bad, no. You have fif- bad feelings about Taurus? It's 50-50. Yeah. Either we're tight or you're an asshole. Why? But you know, I don't like to judge. I have a friend who's a Taurus and we uh, at some point dated and he was younger at that point mm-hmm. and I have seen him really mature and like, mm. like with any sign it's like, oh, um, there's the really good sides of the sign and the really bad sides. And I think when you're younger, you maybe indulge in like <laughs> your, yeah. um, so yeah, Taurus can be like That's you said, like side. the, like it can be stubborn, which means like yes. going after what you want. Mm. But when you're younger, it can mean like, I'm not going to let anyone in. And Ooh, so yeah. it's like, yeah. it's so double edged that way. But yeah, I think he's killing it now. I think he's <laughs> a good Taurus. I don't know. The, yeah, all I know not about, all Taurus. Not all Taurus. <laughs> but I think that's all I know is, like you said, indulgent. Like, um, yeah, Tauruses, I think, like to treat themselves well. Like mm. they yeah, hesitate they like to that. order food or <laughs> things yes, like that. Comfort. Mm-hmm. And and I like also here, we got another Venus in Scorpio. My Ooh. Venus is in Scorpio. So that's kind Venus of your is romantic. The, is romantic planet. Your ram- romantic Sexy behavior. Planet. And, and that makes a little more sense mm, to me because okay. the times when I do can tend to get crazy and emotional is in my Ooh. relationships. Okay. Which I'm working on. <laughs> <laughs> She's working on it. But I would, but Scorpio, it's pretty intense sign. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Passion, intense, ruled by the genitalia. Oh. Goddamn. Pagan, pagan Pluto, savages. The dark planet of Pluto. Is the ruler of Scorpius. Pluto was Scorpius, was Scorpius. a planet, then it wasn't a planet, and now it's back in again. Is that right? It's controversial. Okay. Oh, fuck. I just, it's always <laughs> been a planet. It's always been a planet. Yeah, you're just, you, you just won't love, have it. People just love hating, talking shit. <laughs> people don't want to see you succeed. Damn. They don't want to see Pluto succeed. Grind till success. Grind till success. <laughs> Yo, shout out to Grind Can till success. Can we talk about Grind till success, Lewis? <laughs> what is Grind till success UK? Grind till success UK is my friend's clothing label. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Making tracksuits. Uh, aspirational hot ethos hot aspirational tracksuits yeah Shah's gonna Shah's <laughs> I gonna wanna model it like get thought the hologram tea squatting Grind down success UK I believe is the Instagram <gasps> check it out we should start a clothing line that's all like Pluto like inspirational Pluto imagery that's like don't let anyone tell you you're not a planet <laughs> you know what actually we're gonna do um aspirational um yeah there's like motivational messages like you are strong 
you are powerful. We're going to do that, but for comedians. So oh. it's going to be like before you go on stage or like you're killing. Everyone's loving the crowd work. <laughs> Bits that didn't quite hit before are suddenly coming together in a new way. You are it funny. <laughs> or also, like I am funny. Yeah. And also you have ones for when you bomb. It's like a comforting... <laughs> They don't uh, get affirmation it. for afterwards. You're a genius. Like, yeah, they, <laughs> you just need to find the right audience. Maybe you could work a little bit on your delivery, but the material was there. <laughs> you were trying new things. You know what? That's admirable. You're pushing yeah. the envelope. Step out of your comfort you zone. You don't want the cheap see. laughs. <laughs> this is the no. path. That true other person who was creativity. killing, they got the cheap laughs. That's not what you want. I. But what's interesting about that, though, is like Mm -hmm. I went through a period where you were you were at one of the shows where I was having like an existential crisis to do with my comedy. I I had been killing it all over town. And then I had four shows in a row where I just bombed. And then the next day I was at work and someone came in with an inspirational hat. But it actually... <laughs> Did it say make America great again? No, no. <laughs> but I do. That is on my list. Um, but uh, but there was a the hat that I really liked. It said, failure is an option. It is. And I was mm. like, fuck. Because I've been yeah. so down on myself. But it's okay. like every time you fail on stage, you learn something mm. about yourself and... I was upset because it had it had happened a few times in a row and yeah. I've been doing this a while and I'm yeah. not really in a space where I I bomb but I still but bombing for me is still getting a few laughs and I had like four shows in a row where it was like <laughs> we hate it. Oh. <laughs> I was like oh my god what's happening but then failure mm. is an option is like oh yeah of course it is. I don't trust anyone who doesn't bomb. Yeah. Mm. I don't trust them. Okay. I don't trust anyone who doesn't fucking just tank and be comfortable with tanking mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. That's great to see. Mm-hmm. I like seeing that. When you get like a little bit of that like nervous giddiness because you know it's not going well yeah. and it's like a little bit fun because you're mm-hmm. like, what? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> fuck it. Just fuck it. And that's like, I, I like being not, I don't like being irritable, but it's funny. You, you know what's interesting? I, I think what Melanie has just described is kind of like, when you feel the energy in the room turn and there's a point where it kind of turns in that, like that's actually an interesting moment to A, be aware of and B, to mm. like, what is that? Where is that? What is that? That absurd. Yeah, that feeling of like this feeling. entire audience just decided they don't mm. like me. They've arrived <laughs> at that conclusion. Okay. They're together in that <laughs> feeling. Wow. Or, the, or the host doesn't like you and he tries to pit the room against you. That's wow. an interesting one. You probably haven't got that sort I've of never reaction had before. That, no. I got that reaction before. Um, tried to tried to get the crowd against me. Before you started? After. Oh. I said something a little bit off key. Wasn't okay. that bad, but mm. trying to get me, trying to trying to chant fuck off lewis oh trying wow the, trying to get the crowd against me it was that's dirty it was dirty it because was like, bullying okay. i was gonna Listen say yeah that does sound like bullying okay. sometimes if i'm hosting and someone says something that makes the audience really uncomfortable okay. i'll razz them a bit after mm. i'll try and be yeah like, like oh. it wasn't even that it was just the host took a disliking to it 
like a personal thing. And then he tried to get the room against me, but only two people joined in. The, like to chant fuck off lewis like it no. was just like fucking hell is this it is this what's happening right now that's so bizarre it was insane and when and it's kind of cowardly because you're off mm-hmm. stage at that point so it's like well i oh yeah can't yeah. do anything i was trying to like scramble like oh i, I didn't mean it like that it's a it's a britishism <laughs> just desperate and that's the thing as well i should just like British. in the moment i was like do i try and dig myself out or do i just leave it so i just left it it was the worst thing. it's hard to know because if you say something that the like sometimes i'll stumble over my words and say something in a way that i didn't mean to say it and then mm. it's like sometimes acknowledging it is the best possible thing but sometimes mm. acknowledging it just makes everyone that much more uncomfortable for real so mm. it's so hard to know it is hard to know difficult we're soldiers on the front line <laughs> we're heroic maybe we're better than firefighters and like how many fires do they actually put out mm-hmm. we're doing 10 shows a week out here <laughs> they're doing one fire every three months is that the statistic is that the official statistic look it up melanie <laughs> look it up darling it's in there also i like how your name's darling as well because yeah, i can't you. be called a sexist for calling someone darling, but I can call you darling. darling. So. Yeah. darling. I think if you darling. call everyone darling, then darling. it's, it's no, Actually, no gender to it. Yeah, it's a very queenish kind of like decadent foppish thing to do, isn't Hello, it? Calling darling. people darling. Hello, darling. darling. Yeah. Hello, darling. I think the only time it's condescending is if you say darling while correcting someone. You're like, oh, <laughs> darling, you couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> then it's a little so like, rude. all right. <laughs> All right. How big is the hat you're wearing? (laughs) Take it down a notch. Should we get some cards? I magically selected. What deck you got? The deviant moon. The deviant moon. I was just feeling feeling? dark vibes. Like we got some Scorpio. I was just feeling the vibes of this deck. Those dark Pluto vibes. Yeah. Whack it out, darling. All right. So I'm gonna shuffle, and you will just tell me when I should stop shuffling. Okay. Simple as that. I like the ASMR of the sound, the sound oh, of the yeah. shuffling. You gotta, right you gotta get that. You can stop now. Okay. All right, I've stopped shuffling. And I'm going to cut this deck. So you can tell me where, like a third, two thirds, or where my thumb should go. Just tell me how to cut it. You gotta cut it into three stacks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Most stacks. Do like... I guess one skinny stack on the bottom, like just a little one. Like like this? Yeah. Okay. Where should I move this big pile? To the right or to the left? Sorry, I'm just um, making sure I have the cards and don't drop them. To the right? Oh, this wait, no, here? the left. Here? No, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then how am I going to cut this large pile? Um, In half. Yeah. You good with that? Yeah, and then on the other side. Yeah. yeah, the skinny one in the middle. Okay, and how do we restack this to create one card pile? Okay. How shall I do this? Whoa. Okay. <laughs> so um, put the skinny one on the left. Yep, here. Or no, the other one. Here? No, it's okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then those two on top of the this pile is on top yeah. and indeed i was feeling that that thinner pile was where you wanted that to be so past present future let's see what we've got here in the cards today Ooh, king of swords nice strong card um can you describe what this card looks like 
Okay, the King of Swords. He's um, he's he's got kind of a tragedy comedy thing going on in his face. One side is black, and one side is white. One eye is closed, and one eye is open. Yeah, I think. No, one eye is open, but it's weird and wild. <laughs> What's that little gremlin thing he's got? Yeah, he's got a little gremlin a little, friend. Some kind of gimp thing. He's got a gremlin friend, and the gremlin friend is holding a large marble. Um, is there a lizard on it? No, that's he's got a little claw hand. So he's got half his face is black, and the rest of him is like a red, rusty color, but then he's got one little black hand. And so it's like and there's a crescent moon in the sky. Um, so it feels very mysterious. Ooh, Ooh, and he's got a moon on his lapel that's also black and white. On, it's like a button on his opulent robe. So he's very opulent yet so mysterious. Oh, and there's a crescent moon on his sword as well on the bottom. Opulent yet mysterious. Opulent. <laughs> you earn yeah. everything. You know it. <laughs> so, Pang, what the hell does this card mean? King of Swords. This is in the past, and we have a regal, warlike king with a look, like a like a really serious look, and he's got like a demon gimp thing holding an orb that looks like the world, but who knows? Now, when we go to the tarot, there are four suits and this is the suit of swords which has to do with power dynamics air the intellect you are heavy on the air signs here at least in in this part of your chart um intellectual pursuits and and whatever you know that kind of vibe so let's read about the king of swords upright <clears throat> i had to go to this book for it king of swords now, this is the culmination of the lesson of swords. So this shows to me that you are like a, you know, a developed person that, you know what I mean? Like there's a there's a completion here. Instead of some people in the past card, you get one where you can see it's like they're confused about direction mm. or there's like a beginning, like a, a lower number, like ace or two or three, like someone beginning in their journey. Here's a place where you have arrived kind of in strength. This is kind of the feeling that I have from this yeah. card. It's probably moving to Toronto because I wanted to mm. for so long. Okay. But finally being like, okay, I've done that. And yeah. now I like, and I lived at home for a long okay. time. So it was like, I moved out. I'm taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the big city move. So yeah, my past is probably like taking those big steps and mm -hmm. being responsible and, and taking care of myself for the first time in a long time. Amazing. And how long have you lived in Toronto now? Two years. Okay, two years. And you're from Winnipeg. Did you move from Winnipeg? Yes. Tell me about Winterpeg. I have been there <laughs> once or twice. Oh, what's that famous Portage in Maine? Your yes. famous intersection? The windiest corner. Oh, is that what it is? It's the windiest corner in Canada for sure. Okay. I'm not sure Ooh. how much farther than yeah. that, but I know that it's the windiest corner in Canada. Um, it's, yeah, that's, so that's our downtown Winnipeg's downtown uh, is a little, it's a little crumbly. It's a little yeah, on the older there. side. Yeah. It's, well, they're starting to revitalize that okay. area, which has been since I was a kid. They've talked about we're really gonna, oh. we're really oh. gonna get downtown in yeah. shape, you know. Yeah. But it's the outside areas that are cool. It's kind of like, um, like there is an area downtown called the Exchange District that's similar to yeah. the Distillery District. Yeah. So there's that. And then we have like little pockets of Winnipeg that are the hip, cool areas. Mm. But it's not like a big city where yeah. downtown's the place to be. I see. Yes. Downtown is not the place to yeah. be. It's Same like kind of old and gross. Yeah. King Street West. 
trash m5e but there's enough people that think of king street west as the place to be in toronto it's like beautiful and sparkly people come from outside like they come from ottawa to come like downtown liberty village he meant oshawa street (laughs) whatever no it's the same thing to you it's outside of here yeah Yeah. all the same thing i'm kind of the same way i'm still Mm. getting used to all these like gta areas and i'm like yeah oh it's like one city but so many cities at the same time that's true you guys are not from here (laughs) i've been here i know which parts of the city suck and which ones are good Mm-hmm. According like, to you, <laughs> according to me, yeah, I'm 100 percent correct all the time. <laughs> Dundas West, fucking overrated. It's got Harry Potter themed bars. It's just got like hairdressers. It's just got like no laundrettes. I do it's get so my overrated. hair done on Dundas West. That's oh, all yeah. that there is there. It's mm. just because I moved that thing. Portuguese oh, yeah. butchers and hairdressers and like random bars. Yeah, yeah I do like boring. the random bars though. It's a cute walk. <clears throat> yeah. I like I don't drink though, so I Oh okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like a I like a nice variety, like a weird shoe shop. Yeah, I do cobblers. Yeah. I like how do you feel about Ossington then? Uh I like the like Bloor, Bloor Dover Court area. That's pretty tight. Or you okay. mean like the Queen Dundas stretch? It's cute. Like yeah. it's got its own I mean it is what it is. I'm there a lot. Ronsesville's so. good. Oh, I live right by Roncesvalles. Yeah, that's a very adorable, mm-hmm. very bougie. I live yeah. in an apex between Queen, the the most west queen you can go, and then Roncesvalles. So yeah. Roncesvalles is like, ooh, it's bougie, and it's like very family-friendly, but rich families. Yeah, yeah. And then... Um, Nonceseville. What's that? Nonceseville. <laughs> Nonceseville. <laughs> Nonceseville is another word for it pedophile oh, oh really? Br- british slang yeah <laughs> you think all rich people are pedophiles yes yeah. they often are <laughs> yeah rest in peace jeffrey epstein yeah, suicided I'm himself suicide. oh i hung oh, yeah. myself oh, oh what a shame oh, what a ro- what oh a shame. is this a rope Ooh, oh it's a rope oh okay um, let me try this <laughs> i bet that's exactly i'm not sure i'm sure that's what was going through breathing a sigh of relief today like man dershowitz dershowitz i raised my eyebrows they did it they got away with it again. Damn. First they killed Princess Diana, then they killed Epstein. <laughs> I'm not saying they're the same people, but <laughs> hey, but let's get same into this. this yeah, interpreting the swords. <clears throat> an old Crystals, Chinese pedophiles swords Chinese. Here's an old Chinese proverb that says proverbs. in English, "Quote, life is pain. Pain makes you think." This is MySpace blog. <laughs> Thinking makes you wise. Yeah, exactly. And wisdom makes life endurable. This is the point of view that the swords represent. So when you get the king of swords up right here, it's really, it's really about like good judgment, intellectual like discernment, and just like you know, you, your head is on your shoulders. What you know what I mean? That's all it is. It's like great strength and authority, good counselor with acute mental dexterity, a gift for thinking clearly and rapidly, and like you're you're heavy on air signs, so you're very much in your your head probably. Mm. Able to express their thoughts with considerable, con, apparently not me, with considerable eloquence. And we have a person who, you know, talks for a living, essentially. If the king is not a person, it could represent a situation in which mental and communication skills are called for. When the king of swords appears, you may be on the verge of a spiritual breakthrough and are ready to communicate it. So that's mm. your past. Really cool. Solid card. We move to the present, which is interesting. We have another swords card again, the air and intellect. We have the page of swords. 
The Page of Swords is kind of like a messenger. A little baby. Yeah. And what does this mean? This is very cool, actually. The Page of Swords is about risk on a mental or spiritual level. And maybe you want to describe this card. I forgot to bring <laughs> this up. You can grab it. He's got it if you a like. ghoulish, a ghoulish kind of claw hand. Um, he's like a little like limp wristed, but in this kind of like in this kind of way that you see monstrous, like a Mister Burns kind of limp wristedness. He's like, oh, yeah. um, also a crescent moon, but it's behind him. The other one was in front of him. He's got. Um, he's got kind of a steampunk thing going on because um, he's wearing really old-fashioned opulent attire, but then his eye is a flashlight. So it's that kind of like steampunky, like modern meets old kind of deal. Um, really knobby knees on this fella. <laughs> Those knees are, are knocking. I'll tell you. I'll tell you that much. I don't want to tell you, but let me tell you. Um, his, his ear is a seashell. And a question mark, oh. uh, which I totally identify with, and also a crescent moon on his belt. So um, I have a feeling he's like part of the king's order for sure, because they're dressed similarly. Absolutely. And when we have the Page of Swords, it's about risk on a mental or spiritual level. It could mean that you were taking up some new line of thought or study. And actually, you told me about your podcast, which talks about you and your friend as you explore like witchy subjects mm-hmm. that you may not know as much about. Is that right? Yeah. So I'm Tell trying to embrace um, my witchy side. Um, growing up, I was always interested like my... Um, my family was technically Catholic, but we mm. were open to everything. So cool. we'd always be going into like little crystal shops and like wow. my grandma read tea leaves and like my sister has these crazy dreams where she can like predict things wow. and my mom like could see dead people. So I was like, where mm. do I fit in all this <laughs> like spooky Catholicism? <laughs> Have you had any experiences with ghosts or like you've had any like supernatural experiences where you thought, okay. I'm not tripping on drugs. That was something like... I get like... Yeah, it's weird. I think I have um, an intuitive nature and I can sense things, but I haven't had a lot of like, oh, there's a ghost right there. When I was a kid, I used to have night terrors and I was like a spooky sleeper where I would Mm. like... I would like shoot up straight in my bed and like have these like creepy like open sleepy eyes and like say weird shit and then fall oh, back wow. asleep and like <laughs> so I was like a haunted real exorcist. I was a haunted That's little cool. baby <laughs> and like I used to get really scared. So I think there's probably stuff I've blocked out that I could see and mm-hmm. was experiencing. Yeah. The one thing I can remember from my childhood is um, one time to do with that is one time. Um, I was sleeping in my parents' bed and I woke up and I saw these shadows of these two little boys like walking along the walls. So it was like there were boys walking in the room, but I couldn't see them. I could just see their shadows. Wow. And they were like whispering to each other like, I think it's over here. And like they were looking for something. And I've always remembered that my whole life and I know I was awake. Yeah. But I think I started to learn about people with supernatural abilities and how they're able to block it out if they choose yes. mm. and kind of control it. Yeah. So as a kid, I would just be like, I don't want any of this. <laughs> like, and I would just put it out there like, yeah. I'm sorry like, if you've chosen me to like, right. have these messages or this ability. I was like, I don't want it. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. And I've pushed it away. 
But now that I'm older, I'm like, well, I wonder, I think I do have these Mm -hmm. spiritual gifts that are kind of unexplored. And I'd like to, I'd like to take the lid off of that because I think I've had the lid on for Mm. a long time. That's interesting. It kind of reminds me of um, synesthesia as a kid because babies have their senses. What did I say? You know what you, I mean. You mix the S Synthesia. Synesthesia. 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 Doesn't matter. Is that where like details. you see sound and you or like yeah. chicken tastes pointy? So babies oh, yeah, have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, they have it. They have that at a young age, and they sort of grow out of it. So they see hmm. like uh, sounds as colors. So my friend kind of had this in his periphery because it's sort of a thing you can kind of like train yourself out of yeah uh, the link between like a color like yellow would be like c sharp for example oh, so he uh, like yeah. even like a uh, more advanced stage was able to like kind of see certain colors in his periphery and hmm. it's that strange sort of like blending of like different things that a lot of creative people have mm-hmm. and that kind of connection with like the spirit world and yeah, there's a lot man. of interesting connections between like dmt and alien alien abduction encounters Ooh things like yes. that yes and a lot of people when they do uh i used to be really into reading books by osho um, oh yeah yeah and he was talking about how the only reason that we're so obsessed with doing drugs and things like that is that mm. we had our creativity stamped out of us as yes. children so yes. it's like you okay. want to re-embrace that by yeah taking a drug that makes you like yeah see sound and hear colors mm. and all this and you want to get back in touch with those pathways that you used to just naturally have in your brain because as as you grow older like your brain develops Mm -hmm. pathways based on your experiences Mm -hmm. so when you take like a psychedelic it can undo a lot of that thinking and you can undo a lot of the pathways that you've done so you can think like it's like anti-tunnel vision i think a lot of the time neuroplasticity Mm -hmm. overriding existing neural networks and forging new connections Mm -hmm. all about that meditation helps you do that too parts mm-hmm. of the brain talking mm-hmm. to each other yes yeah let's get those guys talking mm. <laughs> well we have one more card to go and i saw it here we go we have the knight of wands what so this is interesting fuck? you have a king a page and a knight the knight is the messenger the page is kind of beginning on a journey so this is very interesting they're all kind of face cards so you know they're all aspects of you this is the future card let me take a look here at the knight of wands well, you both describe real. it. I hate this deck. Uh, really? Why? Freaks you I out? Mean, is it ugly? I think Melanie can describe exactly why. <laughs> it is ugly. It's aesthetically... Yeah, yeah it's not I kind of like it, though. It's like, it's ugly in a way that I'm intrigued by. So this is, um, is what we call this, a locust man? Yeah. A man who's a, also a monstrosity. <laughs> or like some kind of stick bug, maybe? It's some kind of locust, yeah. I believe. Bug, and he's got the like human like a mantis. He has mantis. A mantis. Arms. That's exactly what I was looking for. Um, so he's got. Is he riding on that, or is he like fused? Yeah, he's. That's a very good question. He's either riding on or fused with some kind of like nightmare beetle, <laughs> like. But then it's got a stinger, so I guess it's. This um, shit is awful. It's some kind of like bee beetle oh, Libra thing. Does not like this deck. And he's mm. got he's wearing beetle a juice, belt juice, that is juice. a crown, and he's got really lovely purple wings. Actually, like are they iridescent? Yeah, They're credit where credits do. Oh, beautiful. The purple wings <laughs> sure. are beautiful, but the rest of it is say what you will about this guy, but he's got beautiful hey. wings. <laughs> um, and he's holding he is holding a wand, and he's 
He's got his mouth open in such a way that makes me think he's going like, ah! mm. like that kind of sound. Yeah, squawking. <laughs> yeah, oh. he's got a squawk to him for sure. And he's walking on like some kind of concrete, but there's like some dead leafy like <laughs> grass behind him. But then there's a full moon and we had crescent moons up until then. So that seems mm-hmm. auspicious to me. And, you know, I actually think in, in my other deck, too, when I get the Knight of Wands, like a lot of y'all entertainers get this. It's true. This is a frequent visitor, the Knight mm. of Wands. And this has to do with creativity, the element of fire, ideas. And I would say speech, right? And, and based upon what you, what you people do. You, you people. people. What, what you people over there across the table from me do. You people. The Knight is a messenger and a traveler. And the Knight of Wands is bringing good news to you concerning work or social activities. And is not what you people do both work in a social activity? It is. It's Tell me a, about that. It's a forced social activity. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's true. Oh, you're going to hear what I have to say. <laughs> yeah, social is a weird way of describing it because it really is the opposite of social. Mm-hmm. I think it's the opposite of social for us, but for the people in the audience, they're like, you know, what would be fun if we went to a comedy yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, they're there for a social, you very rarely mm. see someone alone. It's like, oh, yeah. that'll be a good icebreaker as a beginner for our evening because it'll mm. get us laughing. And it yeah. is something people use as, I think a social lubricant Ooh. is like, let's go watch this outgoing person <laughs> be outgoing. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. we'll have drinks while they're doing that. Mm. And by the end of the night, we're all outgoing and fun. Ooh. That's interesting. That's yeah. A, yeah, that's a really interesting conception of like the energy transfer of the nature of performance as you guys do it Mm. yeah Hmm. absolutely what else the glad tidings of the knight of wands may relate to almost any anticipated happy event a journey or a vacation a change of residence or a job an engagement or a marriage Mm. if this card represents a specific person it will refer to a young man whatever and gender is a construct i'm just like him and it just indicates that the person bearing the message can be trusted and is faithful that's your future card that's kind of cool is that kyle maybe the or weird book thing i can see is also no, yeah. known could... as kind of like the white knight of the tarot the knight of wands mm. like the 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 knight on horseback on the white horse that's his style right <laughs> oh yeah that's a weird squawky sure. bug thing yeah. <laughs> back of a disgusting but, bug but beautiful wings no one can deny that exactly True. i, I think beautiful. it might be me in the future because mm. riding I, kyle <laughs> yes Kyle's we become weird. one <laughs> bug person <laughs> <laughs> and then we take over the world. Uh, I think power couple. I've been having some. Uh, it's interesting because, uh, like I said, I was having a bit of a hard time with comedy, and I was like, okay, "Well, what yeah. do I even want out of this? What do I want it to mm. be?" And I've been thinking I want to add more theatrical elements to my comedy and make it more of a performance piece and less of like, mm-hmm. "Here I am. Here's my opinions." And right. I started thinking about that, but I was like. I think I would have to take some time off to really think about that. And I taking time off kind of freaks me out. Mm. But then as we were discussing earlier and we wanted to get into on this, um, my my mother passed away very recently Mm -hmm. and it kind of gave me this unique opportunity to live outside of time and commitments for a while. Because when something like that happens, no one expects anything from you. 
And I had already been feeling at a crossroads with like my day job mm -hmm. and my creative life. And what do I, I, it's time for me to start thinking about what do I want my life to look like and how do I design mm -hmm. that and how do I make money in a way that feeds that. And I had all those questions. And then suddenly I had this, yeah, people were like, don't worry about anything for the next bit. Do whatever you need yeah. to do, which was in a weird way exactly what I needed. And I maybe didn't want it for those reasons, but yes. it was what I'd been looking for. Yes. So I'm kind of in that spot where I'm like, what do I want? And I had a day job that I thought I liked, but it didn't work out. And it gave me so much anxiety that I was having trouble being creative. And yes. like, yeah. So yeah, I'm just kind of trying to answer those questions for myself. And like, I was able to send messages to everyone and be like, I'm not going to be able to do shows for the next bit. And everyone's mm -hmm. understanding mm -hmm. and they'll put me on stage when I'm back in the swing of things. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think Hopefully the Knight of Wands means that's me in the future being like, I've done it. I've figured yeah. it out. I know what I want and I know how to do it. Take some time away. Rehearse with the weird bug thing. Mm -hmm. Come back. King in exile. The yes. prodigal son returns. Yes. And I'm like, I have my weird bug uh, underneath <laughs> me, but I have my beautiful wings. It's the classic like atop me. <laughs> hero's journey, isn't it? Like you go out get a boon and you come back to enrich people with mm -hmm. that boon are you familiar with the hero's journey at all yes yeah and the dark night of the soul so to speak mm. so you go through like a tempest of sorts you go through some trials and tribulations and then come back on a bug yes stick ready to kill a... and everyone's like where'd you get that bug <laughs> i mean the interesting thing is that we we were talking about like as you just mentioned like we Your also were bug. talking about before this kind of like the idea of grief or like exploring the textures or the avenue of the unwritten map of grief like I also lost a parent I lost my dad in Feb 2018 and mm. when that happens a chasm opens up you know and if it's newer for you this is and I'm like you know a year and a half into it and I still was dealing with it all this year I also had a different circumstance you know where things change or like jobs change or like just like the concept of my life or how I lived my life every day changed mm -hmm. there's nothing that prepares you of course for like losing your parent it's like a real bond gets cut one that you don't know how strong it is until you lose that person even if they were ill Mm -hmm. so my father was ill and had a form of dementia so like unfortunately in the later years of his life and he was young he was 68 like he didn't know me the way he used to and yeah. he wasn't that parent but you know having had so much time and space away from that though the first initial it's like this is how I describe it to people you know you know what it's like when you're swimming on a beach right nice mm. beach you walk into the water you wait a little bit you get up to your knees you get further you get further maybe you start to swim out and you no longer feel anything beneath you maybe you get caught up in a riptide or you just keep swimming with the current or you close your eyes and you drift off for a little bit but then you open your eyes like you know as you get away from the shore the shore gets tiny you can see people you know when you're at a psychologically safe distance from the shore for you to get back if you go a little too deep mm. but it's like I got caught in a riptide and one day I opened my eyes and it's like the beach was very very far away Ooh. the people tiny dots and me trying to tread water 
there's nothing around me. I'm in the open ocean with nothing to hold on to. For me, that was grief because there was no anchor and there was no beach to go back to because I had gone so far out in how I felt or the depths of whether you want to say sorrow, that's not even the right word to describe it. When you lose someone, you lose something Mm -hmm. deep inside of you. And because you feel like it is so far away because they're not in their body anymore, you don't know what that bottom is. Yeah, I, I'm still very Mm -hmm. new to this feeling and it's strange. So she, it's August the 11th today Mm. and she died on July 17th. So very recently. Yeah. Um, and I'm still, I have no idea what the next little bit will be like because, um, she, we were very close mm-hmm. um, to the point where it's more of a friendship, less of a like she never got like she never crossed boundaries in terms mm-hmm. of the things we would talk about. Yes. It was never like those mother daughters you see who talk about like fucking like we yeah. were never those mother daughter. <laughs> the we mean were, girl. Moms. Yeah. I'm one we of the were, cool moms. <laughs> Do you need a condom? Like, no, wow. we yeah. were we had our boundaries, but we really did talk just mm-hmm. as friends. And I lived at home until I was 30. I'm 35 now. Mm-hmm. So there's only really been five years of my life that we've not lived in the same place. And we would like, when I lived in Winnipeg, we would meet up and chat and, and then in Toronto, like she was constantly saying like, Oh, it's so nice to have the internet because I can just send her a funny little video or something. And we were in contact all the time. So it's like, okay, this person is gone. Mm -hmm. Um, but she was, she was 68 as well. Wow. So interesting. Yeah. So she wasn't in. There's a stage of your life when you're like, yeah, okay, better start trying to see my parents more often. Like they're on their way out. Yeah. But I didn't think I was in that stage Mm -mm. yet. I was like, oh, you're you're not even 70. So it wasn't um, it was very sudden and strange. And Mm -hmm. my initial reaction was I just like it was very strangely beautiful because I think she she had had some pain issues and then she had a stroke and and died very suddenly um but when I left the hospital I was like in my hometown and I was staying with a couple of my Mm -hmm. best friends and uh I was in this beautiful neighborhood with like gardens everywhere and I could really just feel that she was everywhere. Yes. Yeah. And it was this beautiful, beautiful feeling. And I suddenly felt like I related to everyone I knew who was grieving because in mm-hmm. the past I was like, I don't know what it's like to lose someone close yes. to you. Like I'd mm-hmm. lost people, but they were always kind of like distant enough that I mm-hmm. I didn't have that feeling of like, oh God, like yeah. loss. Yeah. And, um, and then... Yeah, it just felt like beautiful and like I could relate to everyone all of a sudden and any message people were sending me like nothing felt like, oh, that's weird of you to say. I just I saw it for the love that was in it. And Mm -hmm. I was like, wow. And I really felt how you feel when you're on mushrooms and you're like, (laughs) everything's connected. Everything's beautiful. And then um, I started to sense that going away a bit as I was in Winnipeg, like for two or three weeks and I was like okay I'm going home soon Mm -hmm. and I started to panic because I was like I think I'm about to get sad I think the like warm fuzzy beautiful life is beautiful feeling is is fading and I want to be at home in my apartment for that I don't Mm want to be somewhere where like 
in Winnipeg, I could run into someone who's known me since I was a baby, like on any given day at any given time. Wow. wow. So it's like I didn't want to be going through that there. Mm-hmm. So now that I'm back in Toronto, I'm just like, OK, I'm mm-hmm. sad. And what does that look like? And I think I have I uh, I'm still perfectly capable mm-hmm. of my day to day. So it's strange. <coughs> it's strange to be like sad, but also be like, here I am buying groceries. So, yeah, it's an odd it's an odd feeling. Hmm. I mean grief is like it's such a strange journey because you actually like have no idea and then you think you're done it comes in waves mm-hmm. it's just like you don't know when mm. you're like it, it's like a tsunami you like you're almost like put yourself into a somewhere. false sense of security by thinking oh it's done I'm past done. that yes. part of it so you yeah. downplay it and then yeah. it kind of comes back to you in an unexpected way Ugh. Yeah. Oh, it comes up. The only one of the only times I've really broken down about it was I was hanging out with Kyle and we do this thing where I like start airboxing and he tells me how tough I am. And he's always like, show me the really good one. And I'm like, million dollar baby. Yeah. And I'm like, here's my really good punch. And like and we uh, and I was doing that and we were just like goofing around. And then I suddenly felt so sad and I turned to him and I was like, I'm really sad. And then. And then I just got really upset and we had this long talk about grief and, yes. uh, and, but it really, I was like, really? Like, how did that trigger something? Like it's yeah. the, so now I'm like, okay, I'm just a ticking time bomb. Just living my life. I'm just going to start crying <laughs> any know. second. You Who never knows? know when you're going to cry, but you know, I want to go back to, it was really interesting when you were like, oh, it was kind of like, because I had had this experience of profound grief through losing a parent, because that's, that's, it's that kind of grief. It's not losing your grandparent. It's not losing this, specifically mm-hmm. losing one half of the people who made you. You were like, oh, I felt like I was in, like, it was like I was on mushrooms. I was tuned into everybody and everything that everyone said. Mm-hmm reflected back to me for me that told me and i this was like really profound lesson suffering or grief is like the opening of the gateway of compassion which we all have because if you go back to buddhism because i love talking about it they say compassion is a wish fulfilling jewel through your suffering because every single one of us suffers Mm -hmm. life is suffering banal or not existential and and very sad or not but we all suffer and because we all do you have compassion for the plight of someone who's in pain and who's hurting. That is a thread that holds and binds humanity together. If we don't have compassion, well, we all know what happens when we don't have compassion. What Just happens? look mm-hmm. south of the 49th. Oh. Right? You don't have compassion? Yeah. Then you can treat someone like an animal. I mean, he, he did free ASAP Rocky. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Sweden is racist. Yeah, I mean they they put him in jail for no reason, and they let God someone else, Sweden. some other like white rapper, do that was like, oh, I like had this, and they didn't do anything. Yeah, to me. Germany, uh, I forget who Austria though. like bagged Freddie Gibbs as well on huh. some bullshit, and uh, he's out now putting out some good music. That's good. Bandana. Yeah, I'm glad that he. I'm glad, I'm glad he, that he beat those charges. Yeah, that'd have been a shame. And I think when you get in touch with your own suffering, you also just stop thinking about the petty, like, True. Yeah. I'm very about um, semantics. So often I'm angry 
not at what something said, but the way they said it. And yeah. I'll get very caught up in like, well, it's just like, it wasn't a very compassionate way to word that. And like, <laughs> and when my mom died, I was like, I, I don't care. And everyone was mm. like, I'm worried I'm going to say the wrong thing. And I'm like, there's no way you're going to say the wrong thing. Mm. This is, this is yeah. bigger than that, yes. you know? And I think it tuned me into like, I got, I, I got over some of my like petty shit. Mm. Cause I was like, someone died like yeah. there was a life that was there that's not yes. there anymore yes. i'm not gonna be like oh you worded that slightly not okay <laughs> it, it puts things into perspective and it's mm -hmm. like big tend to be like stressful situations like typically stressful situations yeah. that are like huge are not as immediately uncomfortable than the small little petty things i've found mm -hmm. like when i didn't mm -hmm. have a place to stay at a, like a pretty rocky like time i was like shit am i gonna have to like go home back to england it's like fuck but then i managed <laughs> to like stay on a couch for three weeks and it was like super stressful but i was like in the best spirits because i was like handling it and it made everything else seem very mm. petty and minor yeah. but now mm -hmm. you know if i'd like run out of cigarettes or something and then like <laughs> scotia banks charge me extra for transaction withdrawals it's like for fuck's sake my life fucking sucks whereas like <laughs> being on like fucking matt duffy's couch for you know almost a month he's dog shitting it's like that was less like so it's like know. if you ordered a caramel frappuccino but they gave you like a coffee chip one instead i'm pretty easily pleased so as long as it's like ridiculous and and uh white girl trashy i don't fucking mm. i'll drink that shit that's your taste the yeah i've got an addiction to caramel frappuccinos it's pretty um it's pretty embarrassing they're good i mean i they can't deny Sweet. that they're good but like i'd soon to be a you know on some like bubble tea <laughs> i'm all about <laughs> gotta get that bubble tea i'd soon to be on drugs again than doing frappuccinos <laughs> that shit's lame as fuck i go in as well it's the same girl who's like <clears throat> he's like oh same again and <laughs> i was like could you put a different name on the cup because i don't want to admit that it's mine yeah you could yeah i could be like i'm bringing this petty. to a very old woman who's sad and that's i'm being very good to her right now just walk around with gwyneth on it <laughs> yeah it's like a stole frappuccino of gwyneth and then if you see people you can be like oh can't talk gotta get this drink over to gwyneth <laughs> it was, i saw this thread, this thread on twitter about people that did like internships and stuff mm -hmm. for like magazines or like whatever other wanky job and they were like the thread was this. It was like everyone. What's the most ridiculous thing you've had to do on an apprentice on a internship? And it was all these like people saying, "Oh, my boss had to like told me to pick up his dry cleaning for my internship." Like, and all these just like menial tasks. Mm. And it's like you've never worked a fucking real job. If you yeah. think that going to pick up someone's dry cleaning for your magazine internship is somehow like an affront to you it's like it's please to be in a position to go and pick up dry cleaning in That's the a day outing. i was someone's personal assistant for a while and mm. it didn't end up working out because i think she needed um more than than what i could like it just she had kids and she was like you know what i need someone who can dedicate their entire life to this job and i was like that ain't me yeah um, but it was kind of fun in that like 
yeah, you get sent out for whatever. But those were my favorite days because it's mm-hmm. like now I can exactly. answer my text messages. Yeah. I can be outside. And mm-hmm. yeah, like I love running errands All these, for like, people. Entitled kids being like, oh, they didn't let me write an article on my first day. It's yeah, like, well. shut the fuck up. Like you should be honored to go and get some just to do some bullshit and not have to work like minimum wage, whatever. Yeah, That's just are, something that irks me. There is a power dynamic there that I know that people in internships go through some shit and like are belittled on a day-to-day basis. And that's more what would bother me. Like the work is one thing, but it's more being treated like being treated offhand, I guess. But if the yeah, person was like, yeah. thank you so much, I'd be like, no problem. You know, like yeah, I just want to be seen a little bit. The thing, the awful jobs that there exists out there. What's the worst job you ever had? Melanie. I'm not going to ask Shaw because Shaw's a DNB. What's that? that? Why don't you tell us? It's a do-nothing bitch, so probably my worst job, honestly. I'm going to let Melanie answer, but to be honest, probably my worst was either working at a, a, a debt collection agency oh. but it wasn't even that bad because i have a good voice and i they put me in one of the hardest sections i would get people to call me back can you repeat that number back to me okay <laughs> thanks um they're not at this address oh do you know where maybe they would have gone oh to winnipeg <laughs> no i could you imagine <laughs> i'm like actually i called you goes. that would be crazy <laughs> but probably one of the other worst summer jobs and i'll let melanie answer was and this is how do nothing bitch I am this is just a good example so I worked at Ontario Place that you know like the old amusement park that is now closed I had the cushy office job just typing things printing stuff giving it to Ivan or Ian you know and uh the rest of my family my cousin worked at the Harvey's like the busiest one so she'd be like if mustard onions ketchup like with a disgruntled, sweaty teen face, the hat, you know, the hairnet, the like polyester uniform, onions. Like she would assemble the burgers all day long. Oh. Then my brother worked at the pizza, the pizza pizza. <laughs> but I was in the office, the air conditioned office. It's me. I kind of like the idea of like romantically of working in a pizzeria, just the dough all day. Just pounding the dough. Yeah, just being, it up being shouted at by like an Italian man. Yeah. Just like smoking cigs while I'm doing it. I'm not ordering that pizza. <laughs> I used to I used to work at um a certain shoe shop uh on a certain road that was like health and safety nightmare. Like there was oh. steps broken, Mm-mm. there was like lights that didn't work, like atrocious. They hired Japanese people because they complained less. Oh wow! It was it was really that's shady. fucking dodgy. That's shady it was as so fuck. dodgy. That actually makes sense because they would not complain. They're used yes. to working too oh. hard. Yes. Damn, Kadoshi overwork. Yeah. Wow. So Melanie, what was your yeah. worst job? I don't know. I've been trying to think because I've had many, many jobs. Mm-hmm. I'm always like hopping from one little day job to another little day job, and they all had their moments. Um. <sighs> I don't know that I've ever been like, Ugh, this is the worst. But what often happens for me is I'm always on the hunt for just 
a way to make money that I don't have to think about that much. True. Mm. And I have so many mm -hmm. jobs that start out that way. Mm -hmm. um, and they'll be like, yes, we love you. You're such a creative thinker. You're such a little <laughs> ray of sunshine. You're great. And the first three months is bliss. And then they're always like, okay, you applied for this job, but there's also this entire other set of responsibilities hmm. that's also the job. And you do that now. And then I'm overworked and stressed and then they're like you're not doing this additional job very well and I'm like it's not why I'm here yeah and like that that happens to me a lot where it's like um like I I'm trying to think of a good example like oh I was working retail for a while and it was really a hospitality gig where it was like hey when the customers are having their item wrapped up in the mm -hmm. back like offer them a coffee mm -hmm. and then I was also selling chocolates in this little chocolate area but then I started to notice that I was technically also the manager's personal assistant which they never said anything about in the mm -hmm. interview uh they were like so I've ended up being personal assistant a lot when that's not what I thought I was doing but this was like they and they never presented it like oh so coming up we're gonna have these things to type out they'd be like hey, can you type up this thing? And you're like, sure. And then they're like, oh, and here's 20 more. And you're like, oh, okay. Weird. And then it's like, here's a whole garbage bag full of those things. Type them all up. Oh, Kyle might be calling because he was going to come get a key from me to okay. someone's house. We're just going to take a quick call from Kyle Bergstresser. Hello, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, he's gone. Connecting. Hello, Kyle. Hey, I'm, uh, I'm outside. You're oh, outside. Okay. Oh, had some keys for me. Did she tell you about that? Yes. Yeah, we're just, we're just cutting a sweet podcast now. You've actually got a little cameo on it. Guys, this is Carl oh. Bergstresser on the mic. Uh, I've got you on loudspeaker. Through, hey? Yeah, you're on. You managed to sneak on. Um, we're going to wrap this up. We're going to get the chimes out. I have out, one big so question. One big question. My one big question is, what is your favorite nut? Carl, what's... What's your favorite Anyone, note? Yeah, he can start. Oh, I thought I was just listening in on like the finale of the episode. <laughs> just tell us your favorite, favorite note. Nut, you know what? My favorite nut is uh, all three of you. You're a bunch of absolute kooks. <laughs> Carl Berg, stress for everyone. For about 15 minutes. Okay, we'll be uh, there in two seconds, mate. <laughs> okay. Bye bye. Okay. I like pistachios. I'm a macadamia nut girl. Lewis, your favorite nut. Pecan. All right, let's, wow, that's three it. Three different nuts, and that's the podcast. Da, 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 da.